Welcome to a fresh perspective on business technology. This is Rising Evolution, the future-proofed enterprise. Presented by Rising, a Wipro company. You'll hear from business and technology innovators who know how to use the latest technologies and business strategies to transform industries, and importantly, how these technologies and strategies can be shaped to your business needs in your way. Help your organization move in exciting new directions. Now, here's your host and moderator, Bonnie D. Graham. Bonnie D. in the house. Thank you, lady. We don't know what your name is, but we like what you said. This is Rising Evolution, the future-proofed enterprise. I'm here with a full panel, a full house of very interesting people, and we have a, a hot topic for you. Have you ever thought of the idea of you turn the light on and off, it's a zero or a one, you know, binary numbers? Well, doing nothing costs so let's talk about what our topic is. I've prepared a little verse. You all know I do my opening monologues with ChatGPT. It's the AI. I'm still human. I've been. I had a. I had a CAT scan in my brain, and they told me there's a brain in there. So I'm still. So it's a combination of, of human and AI. And let me read my opening, and then you'll understand what we're talking about today. So here we go. In the realm where businesses evolve and thrive, a tale of ERP modernization comes alive. Bonnie D, our guide so keen, leads the conversation where insights convene. I hope you're all liking this so far. A drive to the cloud, a future-proofed embrace, but ERT investments wait needs justified grace. Very poetic. Costs measured, benefits weighed in the light, a journey where decisions demand smart foresight. Inactions cost, unforeseen tolls, a quest for growth where the future unfolds. Our roundtable today welcomes a panel wise. Raise your hand when I call you. Justin Ladenberger. There he is. Ladenberger. And we have Lynn Harms. Hello, Lynn. And we have Angel Cruz Perilla. Hello. Hello. And we have Ashwini Dayal. And we have Sherry Ann Meyer from Rising, who invited me to do this show. And I'm going to finish the, pro the rhyme there because a panel wise, they'll apprise. See? Join the discourse, a symphony of thought, modernizing your ERP. The cost of doing nothing, we're here for lessons sought. Welcome to Rising Evolution, the future-proofed enterprise. Okay, kids, did I get a thumbs up on the poem? What do you think? Anybody? Uh, Lynn, you like? Oh, if Lynn liked it, then yeah, that's, I'm sorry, that's my my toughest critic there. So we are talking about modernizing ERP, popular topic. What is it doing for your organization? Are you standing on the sidelines? We used to call them laggards. Are you doing nothing? Are you doing a little bit of almost nothing or a little bit of not enough of too much? We're going to talk about that. So let's go around the table and let's get some introductions here. Justin Ladenberger, so happy to have you here. Would you please do us about a three-minute bio of Everything you want to tell us about who you are. And Justin, you've got to convince our listeners and our viewers around the world why you're very smart on this topic. What does it mean to you? What's your passion? Welcome, Justin. Yeah, thanks. And I'm happy to be here. Yeah, so I'm Justin Ladenberger, an executive with over 20 years combined experience in industry and consulting. In my current position, I'm responsible for pre-sales and customer engagement with the goal of maximizing value for our customers throughout their transformation journey. Early on in my career, I was able to work for a large telecommunication company where profit was king, and then a public utility that was on the other side of the spectrum. It was enlightening to experience both. Of course, there was a fast and furious approach to achieving goals and objectives for the former, and the latter being very slow with many start-stop iterations on initiatives. In the consulting field, I was able to work with many companies and deliver integrated ERP, GIS, and mobile solutions across a variety of industries in several countries. This allowed me to expand on those experiences and really gain a good understanding on how different types of organizations run their business. Uh, 
and the decisions and the decision-making process that goes into evaluating and implementing solutions. One thing I've learned is that business transformation is not just about technology, but the very important human factor. And of course, the continuous change management required to make it successful. As for this topic, when it comes to investing in an ERP solution, especially public cloud, I enjoy working with companies to guide them on why to move forward. Thank you very much. I enjoyed your bio. It was uh, it was very well done, very nicely read. Thank you. Thank you, Justin. Let's move around the table. Lynn Harms. Lynn worked with me on a show from a different, I did a show called um, Ready, Set, Transform with Rise with SAP about a year ago, and Lynn was one of my guests. He reminded me, so he's here today with Rising. Lynn, let's hear from you. Who are you and what's your passion for this topic? Thank you, Bonnie. I may not be as eloquent as Justin. Uh, so I'm the CXO for Rising, and the X is whatever my boss wants it to be <laughs> at any given time. And right now it's running mid-market. And as the color of the hair indicates, it's not just light reflection, it's gray and white. I point that out because I've had 25 years of experience in SAP. And before that, I was running uh, logistics and operations for a manufacturing company. And at that point, I, I didn't even know how to turn on my computer. So part of my journey has been moved from this business expertise into a system. And it's one of the things that really drew me to SAP and, and doing implementations was that I could take my business experience and apply it to a system and bring them together for clients. And that's what I've been doing for the last 25 years, bringing system and process together with my clients, helping them get value from the solution. As I mentioned right now, my responsibility is running our mid-market practice and in that context, we see some of the principles coming out like best practice. And I'm sure, Bonnie, I don't want to take anything away from you, but I'm you know, thinking maybe that might come into our discussion. So we got this approach of standardization, best practice, along with this new infrastructure that's been enabled, which is cloud. And so bringing those two together is, is what I'm really enjoying right now and helping our clients absorb both this architectural change, but keeping it real for the business. So thank you for having us. Delighted to have you. I love the word, Lynn. The word I like the best in your bio, other than your smile, was the word enjoying. You're enjoying helping clients. We call them companies here. Enjoying helping companies. And that's the positive. That's the optimistic. That's the, why are we even talking about this? Because it needs to happen. Okay. Thank you very much. One more move around the table and we're going to Angel Cruz Perilla. Happy to see you. Would you please introduce yourself? Absolutely, Bonnie. First, of course, thank you for having me and I'm glad to be here. Great to be invited. As you said, Angel Cruz, I'm connecting with you from the mountains of colorful Colorado, or I shall say snowy Colorado these days. And my background is basically around 22 years of experience with ERP solutions, catching up with Len. Not, not, not there yet, but I'll get there soon. And for the last six, I've been working for SAP. I've been working focused on our SaaS cloud ERP solution. My current title is uh, Vice President in the Product Marketing. We recently changed the name of the team. And my day really varies uh, from day to day. It's just very, I guess the common theme is that I get to work with customers and partners on a daily basis to make sure that the value proposition that we have for our SaaS cloud ERP gets to, data, to the digital transformation journeys and it also gets to the customers. And I'm also lucky enough to get to work with a very smart group of people inside SAP to do go-to-market strategy, solution packaging and pricing, and some marketing activities as well. 
and you asked about my passion. Um, I don't know if I'm smart, as you said, to, to be here. I, I cannot justify that, but I'm certainly interested. And every time that I hear the words cloud ERP, my mind goes to standard processes and, and solution adoption, change management, those type of things. And my day-to-day -day is really focused on the customers adopting our value proposition of making sure they run the best they can be with those standard practices. So when we talk about the cost of doing nothing, I want to make sure that I bring the, my thought about this is what you're missing and this is what your company should be, your client, customer, should be uh, taking, taking advantage of. And of course, I'm happy to be here also because I want to hear what our accomplished guests have to think, I have to share about this topic. I'm working with Joe Bonnie. I've been following you for a while. You're you're incredible, as I said. You're a legend, a legend for me, and get the best out of your guests. And I'm looking forward to seeing what we learn today. I'm blessing. You're very kind. Thank you very much. I didn't know you were following me. In the old days, if somebody told you that, you'd say, okay, we, you know, but I'm saying thank you very much. I appreciate that. We're delighted to have you. Ashwini Dayal, we're so happy to have you as well. You're one of the smart ones today. Sherry, you're going to give a bio after Ashwini. Ashwini, I'm putting you on speaker. You have to. Speaker view, Ashwini, we'd love to know who you are and what's your passion for this topic. Go ahead. Thank you so much for inviting me, Bonnie. Much appreciated. Uh, I too have actually heard a lot of your shows, so do enjoy them. Uh, my name is Ashwini Dayal. Uh, I'm the general manager uh, in Wipro. I'm managing the SAP partnership uh, between Wipro and SAP. Um, and uh, that basically involves looking at you know the overall 360-degree relationship between our two organizations. Uh, I've had over 20 years of experience working in the uh, in the IT industry with SAP since 2005. Um, I've done a variety of roles, all related in some shape or form to how we help customers uh, or companies in their journey of their ERP adoption and the modernization of their systems and processes in that process. Um, uh, in the current role, I have a team of folks who manage the partnership in across regions, and we basically work between SAP and us to help guide our joint customers, the companies that we both service, in how they go on to the next set of modernizing their ERP systems, looking at all the new technology that's available to us, and uh, you know how we can help and guide uh, customers enjoy this all the new stuff that's available to them, right? In actually meeting their own objectives. The important thing is how we uh, help meet the objectives of of these companies, or in the same uh, in in the same process, have fun in doing that as well. So that's a little bit about me. Oh my goodness, we went from enjoy to have fun. How dare we? We're talking business technology. We're talking high-level stuff for big companies around the world doing business, and we're having fun and enjoying. Well, you know something? That's a good thing, and I applaud that. Sherry Ann Meyer, we've known each other for years. We did shows together when I was at SAP. Uh, I was at SAP from 2000, mm, 2010 to 2019, by the way. So I, I, I know that world very, very well, and that's where I started my business radio career. Sherry Ann Meyer, we all want to know, why are you here? And tell us a little bit about your background and what are you doing at Rising these days? Come on. 
At Rising these days, I'm head of corporate communications, but my career with SAP started in 1999, I think, when I was plopped out of the business area and dumped in the SAP implementation team. Um, and I've loved it ever since. I always said I would never do technology, but SAP has given me the chance to see what real creativity can do. And I think we're seeing more and more of that today with the cloud and with AI. And these gentlemen, I'm all happy to have on the show today. They're all people I admire. Um, and it's a topic I love. Um, it was actually my idea that um, when we were on premise, we never did updates all the time regularly. And there was a cost to that. People were like, well, it costs money to do the updates. Yeah but then it costs a lot more money later when you're not up to date. Um, so I'm very eager to hear everyone's thoughts today. Thanks for joining. Thank you for joining us. I appreciate that. So this is the part of the show where I've asked each of my guests and Cherry's going to be a bystander. And by the way, we have to do a shout out to your colleague, Hannah Hale, who was yeah. also help, helping to produce and manage this series. And Cherry's the one who invited me to work with Rising on this. And I'm still very honored by that, Cherry. So here's the deal. I've asked you each to send me a quote, fictional character, movie or TV series, or a song lyric that has nothing to do with technology or business or companies or, oh my goodness, any of that stuff. And you're going to creatively, prosaically, poetically, however you choose, relate the quote to our topic today, modernizing your ERP, the cost of doing Okay, I like to whisper once in a while because the mic picks it up and it's very dramatic, right, Len? Okay, so Justin Ledenberger, you have picked a quote from, I hope I can pronounce this, Lord Corliss Velaryon, played by Stephen Steve Toussaint in the House of the Dragon American fantasy drama TV series from 2022, very recent, ongoing, based in parts on uh, George R.R. R. Martin's 2018 book, Fire and Blood. It begins 100 years after the Seven Kingdoms are united by the Targaryen conquest 200 years before the events of the Game of Thrones. That's all I can, can manage to read here. Here's the quote, very interesting. To elude a storm, you can either sail into it or around it but you must never await its coming. Well, that's a deep quote. Justin, what does this have to do with our topic? Go ahead, two, two minutes. It's very deep. Yeah, wow, that was a, that was a pretty good background there, Bonnie. Pretty heavy. <laughs> Go ahead. Go ahead, you Justin. Know, I haven't uh, seen this series, but I do like Game of Thrones and, and that kind of genre. But now, I like this quote because it highlights the decision-making process. I mean, typically, bigger the decision, you know, more indecisive the person can get. It's easy to find reasons not to make an important or strategic decision. You know, I think this relates well in whether or not to invest in an ERP system. You know, it's of course a big decision that will have an impact on your business and companies can, you know, get caught up in, in why they shouldn't invest. You know, where the cost of software and services are too high, the size of the company is too small, internal effort required to implement solutions seems too great. And, you know, just unable to get, uh, you know, the visibility they need to effectively operate their, you know, their business. Um, of course, having the right information at the right time, both internally and externally, would make it much easier. But there are ways to create this type of data-driven environment within a modern ERP solution. And, uh, and that's a great way to start. You know, one thing is uh, for certain, given the fast-paced and ever-changing environment we live in, there will always be these critical decisions that, that need to be made to ensure, you know, long-term business viability, which requires an approach that provides that visibility needed to help mitigate future risks. And kind of to help illustrate this point, I did some research out there and just wanted to share some insight. So um, according to, to this research, approximately 20% of businesses fell in the first year, 48% fell after five years, and 65% fell after 10 years. 
And McKenzie believes in 2027 that 75% of the companies currently quoted on the S&P 500 will have disappeared. So I thought that was pretty interesting. I've heard that quote updated, that statistic, over the years, and it's always very interesting to see. We went through the financial, whatever it was, in 2008. We've gone through COVID and all the supply chain issues the past couple of years. So the question of why start a company in this modern time? What are your chances of surviving? Thank you, Justin. I appreciate that. Let me go on to Lynn Harms. Lynn has picked a scene, not just a quote. And the scene is from The Stripes, the 1981 American military comedy film. I always get a kick out of military and comedy together as a genre, Lynn. Excuse me. And the two characters are Sergeant Holka, played by Warren Oates. I don't know him. To John Winger, played by Bill Murray. Who doesn't love Bill Murray? So Sergeant Holka says, we got a full day ahead of us. We're going to start out with a five-mile run. And the soldiers go, oh. And Winger says, I know that I'm speaking for the entire platoon when I say this run should be postponed until this platoon is better rested. And Holka says, well, I tell you what, soldier, let's make it 10 miles. Len, I hope I did justice to that. <laughs> Go ahead. Yeah, you, you definitely see a theme around age uh, 1981. Man, <laughs> I, I remember watching that movie and yet 81 to 24 it just sounds really big difference there. <laughs> Enough, Len. Don't do any more math, please. You'll hurt us all. Go ahead. What does this have to do with our topic today? In this in this movie, as you mentioned, uh, a comedy. And if you look at the character here, and our character's a light, and, and he's accidentally joined the army. And what he's trying to accomplish is a delay or a pause to this extra physical work. But in trying to delay and pause, in fact, adds more work. And as we look at what businesses are faced with now, we've got a lot of on-prem, on-premise, sorry, on-premise systems. And we now have this advent of cloud-based systems. And there's really good value that comes out of those cloud-based systems. And by the way, just if you want to hear more about this, I know Bonnie's got some topics on that. So you know, please go look at some of her uh, other shows to hear more about the value. But if we look at this, today we're talking about, well, what's the cost of not going there? And there is a cost. And just like in this movie where we have our characters trying to delay it, not only did they not delay, but it cost them more. And that is what we are looking at now. As an organization, a pause in looking at cloud, a pause in moving to that infrastructure is going to cost. And we can categorize them. Uh, it's going to be, it's going to vary by company depending upon the systems you're in and the situation you are in a business, but there is a cost. So I, I use that quote to just highlight sometimes what might seem like a good idea, in fact, ends up costing more. Thank you very much. Very well played. And I, I like the quote. I like the scene. More and more people are sending me scene quotes, Len, so I appreciate that. Let's go to Angel Cruz Perilla. You have picked a quote from Commander Jeffrey. We've got a lot of military here. Commander Jeffrey Sinclair, played by Michael O'Hare, Babylon 5, America's American Space Opera TV series, 1994 to 98, for five seasons. And the main story occurs between the years 2257 and 2262, a future where Earth has a unified Earth government, oh my, and has gained the technology for faster-than-light travel using Jump gates, a wormhole technology allowing transport through the alternate dimensions of hyperspace. The colonies within the solar system and beyond make up the Earth Alliance, which has established contact with 
other far-faring, space-faring species. Here's the quote Angel has picked from Sinclair. Sooner or later, everyone comes to Babylon 5. Can we substitute the word ER, modern ERP to that? I'm sorry, <laughs> Angel. Go ahead. You talk to me. Very dramatic, Bonnie. Thank you for, for reading the quote so nicely. So first, let me start saying that I, I really loved Babylon 5. I didn't say uh, live. I saw it afterwards. I'm obviously a lot younger than that. But what is important is that I like it for three main things. Uh, the first thing is its storytelling, right? It's just, it's set up a benchmark for future sci-fi shows to come. And I, don't, I haven't found anything, anything like it. The second one is I love traveling, faster than light traveling, time traveling. I mean, it doesn't get any better than that. And the third one, of course, is that it's backed up by science and by facts. And if you can see those three things, they both apply, the, the three of them apply to our Claudia piece, time to value, storytelling, and, and facts-based. So you would ask, why do I pick that particular uh, quote? Well, as you just said already, Bonnie, it really moves a little bit the, the question from, uh, should you apply or should you take advantage of the Claudia P qualities? Uh, because those companies that do not exist, do not uh, acquire those qualities, will actually cease to exist. Or, as Justin said, disappear in the first three years. But it also moved it to when do you want to uh, take advantage of those qualities? How, how much longer can you afford to take those qualities and bring them into your competitive advantages? Because if you, you run a parallel, how long did you wait until you started using the internet? when it became available to you, or how long are you on a way to use AI or ChatGPT now that it's available to you? So at some point, it's a matter of when. It's not a matter of if you are not doing nothing now. Thank you very much. Also eloquently done. And let's go one more seat around the table to Ashwini Dayal. And this is a three-word quote. We all know it and we love it. The Terminator played by Arnold. 1984. We're going back in time again here, Len. I have Len on some of my other shows. Guests are now quoting Gone with the Wind and The Wizard of Oz. 1939. Okay. Uh, 1984 sci-fi action film. And this is the catchphrase. I think I should have you all say it with me. Associated with Arnold, made famous in the 1984 film. It was ranked number 37, Ashwini, on the American Film Institute's 100 Years, 100 Movie Quotes back mm -hmm. in 2005. And Arnold has used it in many of his other movies. Here's the quote. Everybody want to join me? Three words. Starts with Al. One, two, three. I'll be back. Yeah. Okay, I'll be back. Okay, Sherry, did you say it for me? Sherry, you want to say it? I'll be back. There you go. Okay, Ashwini, you win, you win the easiest to quote quote of the day. Ashwini, what does this have to do with our topic? Go ahead. Well, uh, two reasons why I chose this, right? Uh, the first reason is, well, modernizing, well, I'll be back. It's like uh, what customers have to do, right? the ERP system will always come back and ask you to take care of it. I'll be back. I'll be back. I'll be back. If you don't take care of it, you know, you, you know, the Terminator does only one thing. It terminates. So if you don't take care of it, it will terminate. So uh, that was one reason. The other reason was I also use this as a bit of a uh, way of, my own life, right? So I like to be at things. Uh, I, I continue to uh, prod and continue to push. And that's how I also uh, engage with companies, uh, right? Um, 
I, I keep going back to them, telling them why they should be doing what they should be doing, what's the right course of action for them. And so from my perspective as well, it's about helping, guiding, uh, giving my experience, whatever I have learned, and uh, you know, going back to, to customers with that, right? So I'll be back with also how I do things. So that's why I chose that particular quote. I love it. It's always nice to have an Arnold quote. Sherry, even though you weren't technically part of the panel, I'm giving you a line from a famous movie to apply because I think you're going to like it. Let's talk about Colonel Nathan R. Jessup in A Few Good Men, Jack Nicholson. You can handle the truth. Sherry, can you briefly address that with the cost of doing nothing? Go ahead. I'm going to spring oh it on her. She'll love me anyway. Go ahead. Business leaders can't handle the truth. I mean, we are so scared by um, chat GPT coming on the, the wing last year and already having updates to it, everything being AI and wondering how to meet all those things. The truth about AI has been around for years and we've been closing our eyes to it. It's here now. And that's what you have to prepare for with technology. You have to be on the latest and greatest in order to take advantage and hop on it quickly. So stop closing your eyes, everybody. And it's time to modernize your ERP. And if you can't do that, you can't handle the truth, right? The cost of doing nothing is the truth. It will cost you. Okay, so we've established that. Thank you all for the quotes. I appreciate that. Let's move on to the next part of the show. You've each sent me four discussion statements. I'm going to pick one from each of you. I'll read it. Don't worry. You don't have to go looking. And take about two to three minutes. Justin, I'm going to read statement number three. I'll read it in a second. And then if anybody has anything to say around the table, I think you've all got 10 fingers. Let me get mine in there. Uh, any of the ni nice fingers, you just wiggle a finger at me. I'll see you and I'll call you if you want to agree or disagree with what Justin is saying. So, Jeff, Justin, let's make this. Oh, you know, uh, Mac just put into the new Sonoma operating system all kinds of things. If you put two thumbs up, let me see if I can balance this. You can make it rain. You can make uh, thunder and lightning. You can make fireworks go off. I'm not in front of my screen enough here. Anyway, I did it with my son the other day, and it's amazing all the effects you can get. Forgive me, reactions. Okay, so here we go. Statement number three, Justin. Without a clean data strategy and system that can support it, making strategic business decisions is better with no data than with bad data. I thought that was really interesting because everybody wants to talk about data today. So, Justin, go ahead. Take about two minutes and tell us your position, and we'll see what everybody has to say. Go ahead. Sure. Well, talking about data is nothing new, you know, as it should be one of the key pillars to any successful company. But it's always bewildering to me to see how the same mistakes keep happening. You know, companies move from paper-based processes to spreadsheets, siloed applications, and sometimes make it to integrated systems. You know, there's typically an initial emphasis on keeping data clean during these transitions, you know, but eventually most end up right where they started with redundant and dirty data, you know, which leads to doubts on the accuracy of the data when making decisions. Of course, it's not easy to implement a clean data strategy. There's a lot to it, but it's not a nice to have. It's a must have. To overcome these challenges, a clean data initiative, you know, must be led, uh, business led to ensure alignment between the organization, processes and technology. This incorporates uh, a vision where data is, is the key enabler to business success. There's an ongoing investment in improvement activities, a well-established data governance framework, and using metrics to monitor performance. You know, but without a modern ERP solution that can enable this, success is pretty unlikely. Uh, as well, without reliable data, trying to advance business analytics with data science to become more predictive, it's like putting lipstick on a pig. 
you know, at the end of the day, data is more than just a byproduct of business processes. Thank you. Very interesting. Anybody want to challenge that, Lynn or Angel or Sherry or Ashwini? Anybody? Oh, Angel, you want to want to say a yes to that? Go ahead. Yeah, I, I fully agree with Justin. I'm, I work for a for a technology company and a software company, but at, at the core, we are a process company, and processes do not run without data. So you can have the right technology and the right software. But if your data is not right, the moment you start, now that we have uh, live reporting and you're just running on, on what is happening right now, if that data is incorrect, your decisions are going to be correct as well. Is there such a thing as a data cleaning department in companies today? We talk about clean data or not. Who? There I'm just going to ask. A, yeah, there should. Who, who does the cleaning to say this is good data, this is bad data, this is data from the swamp, the ocean, the the zoo, the the river, the the pollution, and this is great data. Let's use this. Who who is able to ascertain? Justin, this was your point. You want to just enlighten me, please, for just a minute. Well, yeah. Well, that's sometimes the problem. I mean, there is no there is no data. Um, organization really internally that manages, monitors, and makes sure data is clean. So that's yeah, that's why these initiatives are so important. And there's you know, and there's ways to implement it. And and yeah, there's an initial hump to get over it. But once you can get that that mindset of you know that you're going to track this and and try to make not only data reliable but also other uses for data. You know, mm-hmm. data as an asset, being able to generate new revenue off of that. And there's just many ways you can go about this. So putting that effort in initially will have you can reap reap the rewards later on. Thank you very much. Anybody, Lynn, go ahead. I see you. Yeah, uh, two things I would add to this. As, as Justin talks about the data, couldn't agree more. As we implement and work with uh, our, our customers and organizations, reporting is always one of the topics. Always, always, always. We don't have enough reports. We need more reports. Need more, need more. And what that really means is we need good data because it's relatively straightforward to generate a report if you've got good data. If you don't have good data, or it's hard. And so, you know, it comes back to what Justin was talking about. I couldn't agree more. And this mentality, and, and I'll call it a mentality, and, and I'll connect it actually one of the other questions you asked about, you know, does this exist in organizations? Mm-hmm. You actually need this mentality of data governance, governance as a whole. Like just take that word, discipline, governance. That mentality is one that as an organization, if as you move to cloud, that is a must have in the way that you operate those systems. Because as soon as you start to lose that governance, you will start to lose the value and the way that it operates. Thank you very much. Any other comments before I move on? We all good? Oh, yes. Ashwini, go ahead, please. Just uh, kind of adding to that point, what Len said, right? Uh, you know, good data is actually about good discipline. Uh, discipline is what we need uh, in in customers, in the people who use those systems, Um and that's how you actually good data leads to good decision making, uh, and that is only coming through from good discipline. Uh, so that's what uh, at least when we speak to customers, it's always about you need to inculcate discipline in your users uh, about how to use the data and what do you feed in, because what you feed in is what you will ultimately use to make your decisions. Does anybody remember the phrase "gigo"? G-I-G-O. Garbage, garbage out. That's it. I was a programmer analyst back in the day when you were a programmer and an analyst. You did your own analysis and then you wrote the code 
And then you produce the reports, 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 reports. Yes. And I still have my green bar paper. Don't even ask me, but it was fun. Cobalt Handbook, too. Let's move on. Len Harms, I'm looking at your statement number two, which goes ties in directly to our topic, modernizing your ERP, the cost of doing nothing. So here's something. Let's talk about what that cost is. And we haven't covered that yet. So you say the cost of not modernizing can be found in the risk of system instability, the increased cost of support, and the limitation on new functions. So let's get down and dirty on what this actually means to the companies that are listening and hopefully being inspired today. Len, two minutes. Go ahead. Certainly. You might have to bring all those three points back to me. So I'll start with the first one, the innovation. As you look at where the software innovations are coming up, uh, you heard earlier you know, discussion around AI. Uh, that AI capability being embedded into the solution that's coming through these cloud solutions. So if you're looking at leveraging some of the, the newer innovations and leverage them inside your business process, it means moving to an upgrade. Most upgrades are taking place inside the cloud now. And so again, that modernization is required if you want to use this innovation because your competitors are gonna do that. They will be using that modernization. They will be finding how to use these tools to make their business either more efficient or open up a new business opportunity. So that's number one. Number two. I put it in the one, chat for you. I put you it in, put the, it in chat. the chat for me. So watch me just click on the chat here, hopefully without <laughs> losing my place. There we go. Thank you. Uh, system instability. This is what happens when you don't take your system and upgrade it. And I'll, I'll call on Ash, uh, Ashwini talked about, I'll be back. That's what happens. The system comes back and it says, I need to be upgraded. I need to be upgraded. And as soon as you, you you stop, right, you'll get to a point where you can't do anything with it. And now you get instability and all of a sudden your systems are dropping or you're getting um, unreliable results or you're getting inconsistent results because the system starts becoming unstable. Many people, no, I shouldn't say that, but there are people might not be aware that that software actually atrophies. If you don't do something with it, it will atrophy. It does. And so that upgrade is really important, not only from a standpoint of leveraging the capability, getting some of the innovations, but it brings stability to the environment. So something to definitely keep aware of. And then also, as you look at support, is supporting an older environment starts becoming more difficult because people leave the old technology. And businesses ultimately will say, you know, we're coming to the end of uh, life on a particular software or whatever. Every software company does that. They don't support it indefinitely. So once you come to that end, now you're looking at third-party companies. And even if you look at third-party companies to maintain your system, what you will find is there's very few people who want to be in old technology. Who wants to be in old technology? So you start to increase costs because the people available to support it are getting smaller and smaller and smaller. So uh, there is a real cost and you can take these and quantify them again, based on your organization, based on where you're at in your system and the number of systems you have, you can actually put a cost to this. You can put real numbers to these areas. Thank you. Well done. It's like, up, it's like taking care of a house, right, Len? Yeah. The infrastructure of the house, you're going to update the heating, the HVAC, you're going to update the windows, uh, whatever it is that's keeping your, your house, your domicile running. If you wait too long, you won't be able to get anybody to repair it or the parts won't be there and you have to replace it and maybe you could have done it anyway. Speaking from experience, anybody have any comments for what Len said about the, the actual cost? Uh, Angel, you go first, then Justin, go ahead. Yes, 
I, I tend to agree with Len, even when he's wrong, but he's right in this case. So it's easier for me. But uh, I think uh, these new technologies and being in the latest and greatest, as, as Len was saying, it really allows the mindset to shift. And that's going to be taking the from reactive to proactive, right? So we are not guarding our core processes. So the processes are stable anymore. We are actually we're able to look forward. What is the next release that is coming? What are the new functionalities that come to us? What is the, in our case, biannual upgrades, monthly updates, rather than upgrading your system every few years and going through a full project. So it's a whole different mindset that allows you to take advantage always of the greatest and latest technologies that are and there are to come. Yes. Justin, join us. What do you think? Yeah, no, I agree. I, I think to add on, it's I think more and more companies are looking to move away from kind of that build mindset. So building applications, building systems, which obviously leads to customizations and that sort of thing, just being able to consume technology quickly. So just the whole idea of faster time to enable and consume technology, especially the you know the latest greatest that that we've been talking about. And look at the new subscription models. Len, I'll get you a second. The subscription okay. models to things like Photoshop. I pay something like 10 bucks a month and it's always current. It's always the right version. It's always got the bells and whistles. So the consumer mindset is bring me the latest, bring me the latest, and I'll just keep paying you and you'll keep bringing me the latest. So anyway, sidebar, Len, go ahead. Yeah, just uh, Justin, I love your point because one of the other aspects you start to consider here that I hadn't initially thought of is that as we make this shift right, right from the build, Right, you you need to start looking at skill sets that bring about the change and allow your company to absorb it. So you're shifting this cost from building it all the time, leaving it to others to do that, and you start to get your emphasis on absorption, taking it, putting in that governance, that discipline. So I really like that point. Good. Agreed. You meet interesting people with interesting points of view on these shows, don't you? That's why I like the roundtable because we're sharing ideas and you're meeting opportunities to be inspired. Uh, Ashwini, anything you want to say? Because I'm ready to move on. Uh, I, I, I like that uh, point that you said, uh, Bonnie, about uh, it's like a house. Um, because, yeah, you don't maintain your house on a regular basis. Uh, something is going to break at, at the wrong time. It's always the wrong time when things break down. And you don't want a heater broken on a cold winter day and you have to go out and meet somebody and you're caught in a cold shower. So you don't want that in your house. You don't want that in your with your ERP system because uh, ERPs run the, the blood and the, they're the nervous system of the organization. They don't, that doesn't work. It, everything breaks down. Thank you. Breakdown. Avoid the, is there a song about breakdown? I, we're not going to sing that one today. Thank you all. Uh, that was a great point. And thank you, Len. So let's move on. I have statement number three from, uh, let's see, we're up to Angel. And this is an interesting one. This is a personal anecdote, shall we say, the way he phrased this. Angel says, sometimes I step into a room and someone says they want me to help them move to the cloud. Let's get real. Tell me about your challenges, whether it's rising business costs, supply chain chaos, or a shortage of hands on deck. Only once we nail down the issues, then I can recommend the right tech to remove those big rocks out of your way. Let's talk a little bit about the process of modernizing. Angel, two to three minutes, and then we'll go around the table. Go ahead. Absolutely. Thank you, Bonnie. So 
And I understand today's topic is the cost of doing nothing, but which is very relevant. But it got me thinking about the cost of doing the wrong thing. Now, and sometimes you will hear this more often than you think or that you want. And it really is like going into a doctor and insisting on getting surgery without telling them the symptoms, right? At some point, yes, I can help you, but I it's not that I don't want to help you, but I really want to know what your problems here is are to design and tell you what the right technology, I believe, is to fix those issues. To me, the technology, the Clario is, is not a business goal. To me, it is an enabler. And a cloud ERP, of course, it enables the companies to be more agile, more efficient, more scalable, and more resilient. And today, nowadays, with AI, well, it's going to help you streamline your processes and automate uh, all your processes. And, and that's going to boost your growth and, and make your digital transformation more, more stable and predictable. But at the end of the day, yes, maybe for actually for most of the companies that I talked to, that cloud ERP jumping on that train is going to be the right solution for them. But they need to understand that it's not a one-stop shop. It's not going to be overnight. It's a, it's a journey. And there are going to be multiple stops. And also, that is the business who has to be on riding the train because we are trying to solve business problems, not technology problems. So the cost of doing nothing, which is what we are discussing, bringing it back to, to the topic, even though I went a little bit far away, is, uh, well, a company that's less agile, less scalable, less resilient than their competitors will end up losing their competitive advantage and being taken over. So it's that simple to me. Thank you. They say the smartest person in the room is the one who knows how to ask the right questions, not the one who has all the answers, right? Anybody, Sherry, you want to jump in here? Anything you want to say about this before I go around the rest of the table? I have so much I want to say about this. I, my head's been exploding over here. I love the analogy to the home. Um, but I also really, really loved what Angel brought up that um, what is it that you want? Uh, people used to come to me all the time when I was doing technology and say, I want this, as in I want the cloud or I want recruiting. And I'd be like, okay, what's the problem that you're trying to solve? Because that alone is not going to fix everything for you. So I think that's a really, really important point to keep in mind. Thank you. Let's go around yeah. the table from what uh, food. We, yeah, go ahead, Ashwini. Yeah, I think that's the key thing, right? I think the what's the objective that you're trying to meet? I think getting to a solution without having your objectives clear is just absolutely the wrong way of going about that, right? And there is no silver bullet answer for things. It's always about based on what your objective is, what should you be doing? Even though you know we can say, or oh, at a broad level, yes, it might be moving uh, moving your ERP system to the cloud, but it's um, there's a lot more nuance to that. It's not straightforward. It's not that that simple an aspect, right? So it's really about having your objective clear and having your path, which is relevant for you to meet your objective. Thank you. Other comments around the table, Justin, please. Yeah, I just come to mind. I mean. You know, with if you if you do have a modern ERP solution, you know one of the key goals I think is that it allows you to experiment with new ideas, you know, test and validate them quickly, and then scale them when ready. And so, you know, in this in this, of course, you'll have the ability to measure performance in real time. So this, you know, this continuous innovation can help you stay ahead of competition, ahead of the competition. So thank you. We haven't ahead. talked about competition, but that's a whole other show. Angel, please go ahead. Yes, me too. 
to add, I think um, overall, I think it, the the mindset to switch a little bit from IT to the business to touch base on that again, because we are not setting up servers anymore, right? We are not designing blueprints. These cloud ERPs, they come ready to roll. They are provisioning two days. They come with sample data. They are, they want your operating ready to test and in a few weeks, they are ready to use. So I think the focus should be to move to different work streams, which are, as Justin was saying, data is a key, integrations in this multi-cloud environment are, is another one. The business change management is another one to make sure there is adoption and use. And so put the business uh, on the train, let them design the business, uh, the, the project objectives, take the key decisions and, and get them involved from day one on the way to go live. You don't know it, Angel Cruz Perilla, but you just gave me a perfect segue into the statement from Ashwini that I was about to choose. <laughs> you basically used part of it, but I'm going to forgive you for that. No, that means it's something we need to talk about. Thank you. Let me go to statement number three, Ashwini. You say, as individuals and professionals in the IT industry, we can all continue to grow and prosper if we're seen as people who can add value to and in their environment. Businesses today need the guidance and lead from IT to tell them how they can make things better. If we're not doing that, we're not doing our jobs well enough and we will become <gasps> redundant. So as professionals looking to grow, we need to lead our stakeholders toward continuous improvement and that cannot be done by sitting still as in doing nothing. Ashwini, go ahead, three minutes. Yeah, I mean, that's really uh, a critical thing, right? I mean, we're all individuals, we all wanna grow, we all wanna do the best for ourselves best for who we are responsible for. And just sitting on the sidelines and watching isn't the best thing to do, especially in the IT industry. I mean, we've got, things have been you know, changing so, so rapidly. And without us telling our business stakeholders what is it that they can actually gain out of what technology is you know, doing out there, um, it's not doing justice to our organization or, or to our uh, companies and customers. So looking at, you know, going back to my previous point as well, right? What the objective is for the organization? What's available today for you to solve your problems and to meet your objectives? We have to constantly go and share that with our stakeholders of how those objectives and those business problems can be resolved. Or even if they don't have any business problems, how can things be improved, right? Continuous improvement is sometimes just thinking about what's possible, the art of possible, right? So I think looking at that is a critical, critical component in, uh, in the kind of uh, mentality that I think we all need to carry so that we can actually help our stakeholders, um, internal, external, uh, in how we improve things, right? And that's 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 important in what that journey for for the customer, the company is. So that's that's my input. Thank you. Let's go around the table. Comments, okay. Angel, hand up. Go ahead. Uh, I think as Rini just touched on, on a great point, right? We are like you were saying earlier with uh, the app on your phone. We want it on the greatest, but the is the user experience is key. So now we need solutions like this cloud ERP that are easy to use, easy to learn, and they actually help the user do the job, focus on, on things that add value. 
right? So um, if we don't help them answer the question, what's in it for me, they wouldn't see the value. So I think that's a great point, uh, Dr. Ashwini Pinekin. Thank you very much. Justin, anything you want to add to this? We've got a few more minutes. Go ahead. Well, I, you know, I think, yeah, what's in it for, it, what's in it for, you know, for a company? I mean, it, it, even when you look at, like, improving processes or process efficiency, you know, companies are looking to minimize waste and reduce costs, but how do they, you know, how do they know where to start, especially with within a siloed working environment? You know, are they using metrics and KPIs or is it just a, you know, a gut feeling? And so, yeah, being able to, uh, um, you know, provide, you know, for these end-to-end processes, being able to model those and gain those insights, you know, it's just another enabler to, to really provide them benefit and, and, and just more visibility into how they operate. Sounds to me like working in this environment is a learning curve and it's a journey for everybody who's involved. Who's And a question I have for all of you, and it's a totally different topic, but related is whose objectives are they anyway? Are there, we talked about objectives, right, Ashwini, and having them aligned. Well, which, who's deciding which objective it is? Are they being shared at the right levels of the company before you ask the questions and decide what you need and what the problem is? Who gets to speak the loudest about what the problem is that needs to be solved that modernizing the ERP will? I'm just throwing that out because it dawned on me that Tower of Babel, you know, everybody's talking, well, we need this, we need that, we need that. Sherry's nodding. Sherry, you want to make a comment? This Is this an HR issue? Go ahead. A hundred percent. HR definitely, it was definitely an issue there, but I think it's an issue across all, all of business areas. Who's making those decisions? And the company I worked for previously was the person who had been there the longest and spoke the loudest and carried the biggest stick, perhaps. That was the point I was trying to get to, was whose objections are they anyway? Len, you want to add comment here? we got a couple minutes left. Three, two minutes. Go ahead. I actually want to come back to the discussion from Ashwini, because immediately what came to mind for me was I had a boss who would stand at the back of the room. And if you were making a comment or making a presentation, he would hold up this big sign that said, so what? Mm-hmm. And the point was exactly yes. what Ashwini was talking about. As we go forward in, in IT and in systems, and we're having these discussions with the client, specifically around modernization, there has to be a value proposition that goes into it as well. I mean, I know that we've been talking about the cost of doing nothing, but there is also a value and a benefit of doing it. Uh, it's going to come through the process, as you heard from Angel. It's going to come through governance on data, as you heard from Justin, and mm-hmm. meeting the specifics, as you heard from Ashwini. So all of these things really do come together into a single view and presentation that we need to make sure we keep bringing forward to our clients. Len, I remember being in meetings, I think it was my early days at SAP, and somebody was talking about value props, value propositions. And the the technique was, it wasn't nasty or cruel or sarcastic. So what? So until you could get past the so what and answer the yes, what, you didn't have the distillation of that proposition and you couldn't use it. Angel, you want to say something? We've got about two minutes left. Angel, go ahead. Take one minute, please. Absolutely. Just to add to what Lynn was saying, to me, the bottom line is, are you trying to fix a little thing that's not working well in your company? Or are you trying to get to the future company that you want to be? Depending on if you're looking for that very short, narrow fixing mentality, or you're going to, where do you want to be? What do you see yourself in five years? That's what's trying to drive your actions. And and to Sherry's point, the 
the louder shouldn't necessarily be the one who's driving. Thank you very much. We just got the sign. We've got two minutes left. I'm saying okay to Jordan, our engineer. I want to wrap up and say thank you to our wonderful panelists. Sherry, thanks for dropping in at my invitation and being here. I always appreciate your point of view and your collegiality. I think that's a word. Thank you very much, Justin Lattenberger. Pleasure to meet you. Len Harms, wonderful to see you again. Uh, Angel Cruz Perilla, I hope I did justice to your name. Thank you so much. And Ashwini Dayal as well. And I have a little exercise for you. I all want, want you all to put your hand up and on the count of three, you're yeah. going to say, no, no, no. I do this on my technology revolution show. Right, ready? The question is, people say the future is already here. And our answer is, come on, join me with a one, two, three, no, 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 no. And that's because the future didn't happen yet. And we're working our hardest, our best, our most sincerely to make it a better one. And our topic today was modernizing your ERP, the cost of doing nothing. Everybody wave goodbye. Bonnie D signing off. Thank you to Jordan, our engineer. Don't go away. We'll talk in a minute. Bye-bye. Are we done, Jordan? Thanks again for tuning in to Rising Evolution, the future-proofed enterprise with Rising, a Wipro company. Rising enables you to create your business journey your way with SAP technology. To keep the conversation going, tweet your questions and comments to Twitter, hashtag R-I-Z-I-N-G. That's Rising with a Z. Please join us again on Tuesdays on the Business Channel. We wish you a positively evolving week.